Hello and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. It's February 2nd and this is Off Chain, your weekly recap of the biggest stories in Web3. I'm Matthew Howells-Barbie and I'll be flying solo today as Austin's feeling a little under the weather, maybe a little too excited by all the green candles uh, and upward momentum in the crypto chart. His body can't understand or comprehend it. I think it's just gone into shutdown mode. But in all seriousness, Austin is fine. He'll be back. He'll be back next week. Don't worry. This will be a slightly shorter episode with a bunch of quickfire updates. I'm going to round up a few interesting areas and let's jump straight in. Bitcoin NFTs. Everyone's getting pretty excited, at least on crypto Twitter, about Bitcoin NFTs. Well, at least half of the Bitcoin community is very excited, and the other half hates it. Uh, this is, There's a lot going on here, and I, I'd recommend checking this out. I'm paying close attention to what's happening here and trying my best to, to make sense of some of it. So Gamma, a somewhat new NFT marketplace powered by Stacks, which is a uh, an independent layer one blockchain, uh, it, it has... NFTs on it that are that are on the Stacks blockchain, but they are secured via Bitcoin. It's getting a lot of attention right now as a starting point to kind of Bitcoin NFTs. They have, similar to the Ethereum name service, there is the BNS, the Bitcoin name service, where you can buy a .BTC address. It's a nice little starting point. Now, Gamma, while secured by Bitcoin, it still isn't truly like minting NFTs on the Bitcoin network. It's, it's doing this on a, a separate blockchain. Now, this month, just a few days ago, well, actually last month, so a few days ago in January, uh, Ordinal launched, which is truly using Bitcoin to store, transfer NFTs. It does this through something called inscriptions. And... Casey Radama, the Ordinal's creator, described inscriptions as this. So inscriptions are created by including content like an image, text, SVG, or HTML in an inscription transaction. The contents included in the transaction witness, which normally contains signatures and other data proving that the transaction is authorized. So let me translate that. It's basically, it's including the images, the JPEGs, let's say, of the NFTs uh, inside the, the information of a Bitcoin transaction, so storing it through there. Now, using ordinals to buy, create, transfer Bitcoin NFTs is incredibly difficult for most people, at least right now. I, I tried to hop in and just scoop up a few NFTs to just play around. It is very difficult. Like the ordinal tools are very limited. You you literally have to run a full Bitcoin node just to use them. So that wipes out the majority of people. The, the first collection that was minted um, was Bitcoin Rocks. So if you know Ether Rocks, uh, it's, it's that, but on Bitcoin. There was only a hundred in total. Not all of them have actually been minted so far. Um, as I am writing, it seems to be, I, I call this like the floor price. It's not quite accurate, but like 
the, the highest sale so far has been 0.4 BTC. Um, so still a pretty significant amount. It's nearly 10K uh, USD. Um, the, the problem is there's no like marketplace to buy on yet. It's not like OpenSea or anything. It's all done via a Discord channel, which I've been, I've been in and playing around in. Uh, so it's all kind of OTC deals. It's going to be very interesting to watch how this all plays out. I think this will begin the start of uh, maybe some speculation and interest in Bitcoin NFTs, uh, which which I, I think could be a very, very novel. Well, not necessarily novel, actually, because, you know, this is this has happened for a while, at least uh, being able to include additional stuff in in transactions. But I think there's a new layer of value that people are going to speculate on. And I think we'll come to some kind of quite creative output. This has been really divisive in the Bitcoin community, primarily because of, I guess, like Bitcoin maxis that are like, okay, Bitcoin is a payments uh, solution. And that is what its sole use case is for. Anything else is a waste of block space, yada, yada, yada. Uh, others are more accepting and saying, you know, this is actually great. It's a new utility. It's an interesting way to onboard people into Bitcoin eventually when it comes a bit more user-friendly. What I would say is expect to hear more drama on crypto Twitter. If you want to just kind of get started and play around with at least just some kind of level of Bitcoin NFT exposure, I do think that Gamma, the Gamma marketplace, if you type in Gamma Bitcoin NFTs, you'll, you'll see that is much more like OpenSea. Just know it's not truly Bitcoin uh, kind of minted NFTs, but I think it's the, the most user-friendly piece. And then checking out ordinals, you'll come to the website and be like, what the hell is this? It's just, it, it's like barely able to um, kind of comprehend the information on it. But keep tabs on it. Keep an eye on it. I think it's going to be interesting. And I'm sure, as always, there's going to be a lot of speculation around it. All right, let's jump into the next story. Elon Musk, you may have heard of him. He is making a big push towards enabling payments via Twitter and in particular, an endgame of enabling crypto payments via Twitter. Twitter's begun kind of applying for all of the necessary regulatory licenses, at least across the US, so that they can introduce payments across the Twitter platform. This will start with just fiat payments, but... Uh, in an article that was published in the Financial Times that I was digging into, one of the team at Twitter that's been focused on this uh, mentioned that it will be built, and I'm quoting here, built so that crypto functionality could potentially be added at a later point. This is all part of Elon's vision for turning Twitter into a super app, kind of like a WeChat style super app and one that m many exist in uh, in Asia that just don't really and have never really taken off so far in the Western world. He referred to in a tweet as X, the everything app, a little while ago. You may have seen that tweet from him. And you know, this is a lot more than just an idea. The, the, they've assembled an internal team is actively working on building out the payment software they are looking to raise some additional VC dollars so they can grow the team and invest further there. I think this is good news for crypto. You know, if uh, Twitter did this, it would be a really substantial and significant onboarding mechanism to just getting more people used to paying, holding, using, transferring crypto. But the real question is, 
whether he can actually put it off. Uh, I think Elon is probably facing some of the biggest challenges he's ever faced in his career, but history has told us probably shouldn't write him off just yet. Solana. Remember that blockchain? Uh, <laughs> they have just shared details on the Solana Dapp Store. It's in a tweet, if you go to the at Solana Mobile uh, Twitter, it's only accessible via the Solana phone, which you may remember us covering. Uh, I hilariously put down a deposit for it at the time. Um, excited to see where, where that goes. The, the team mentioned at a high level that the Solana Dapp Store is going to include no 30% fees like the App Store, uh, Apple's App Store for developers. It's going to have very crypto-friendly policies. It's going to be censorship resistant. So uh, app executables on decentralized storage, uh, which, is, which is very important here. And it's going to be composable. So app metadata is going to be accessible on-chain. It's using a modified version of Android, but all of the information data is being stored uh, in a completely decentralized way. It's, it's kind of worth calling out here. I, I, I've said this before. I don't think that the Solana phone is going to be the killer hardware uh, that's a major unlock. I think it is going to be a great experiment for us to see how consumers interact with decentralized apps and just giving putting those in uh, the fingertips of users i think it's a good move by solana i think the challenge they're facing right now though is since the ftx implosion and ultimately solana being heavily linked with sam bankman fried him being such a big proponent and also ftx being a huge holder solana got really, really badly hurt during that FTX implosion. And when you actually look at June Analytics, uh, where we can see on-chain all of the deposits, the orders placed for the Solana phone, in the past 30 days, bear in mind, this is a big announcement, the sharing details, sneak peeks of the DAP store, you'd expect a lot of hype. There was only 60 orders of the Solana phone in the past 30 days. That is not good. Um, so, yeah, whether whether this is a sign of demand, market conditions, I think a little bit more on Solana as an ecosystem overall, time will tell. But I'm excited to see developments in this space, and I hope it encourages more hardware to be built out across, in particular, uh, Ethereum and Ethereum-compatible, Bitcoin-compatible blockchains. Right, last story of the day. I talked a little bit about liquid staking. So we did the episode a couple of weeks ago on uh, LSD tokens. Liquid staking on Ethereum is continuing to grow. And <clears throat> yesterday's announcement from the Federal Reserve that they're raising the, uh, the, the core bank rate by... 25 basis points was very much welcomed by the market, both on the equity side and in, in crypto. How long this rally is going to last is a whole different question. I certainly remain quite pessimistic that this is even remotely the beginnings of a bull. Um, but in the run-up to 
the Ethereum Shanghai update. Again, we covered that in much more detail uh, a few weeks ago, which is going to unlock staking rewards for Ethereum validators. Liquid staking has just continued to, to go on a tear. I talked a lot about the actual token prices, which are continuing to rise across a lot of the core tokens uh, related to the likes of Lido, Rocket Pool, Frax, etc. Looking at a slightly different metric, uh, TVL, so total value locked across each of the liquid staking protocols in the past 30 days, they've just seen exponential growth, really. Lido is up 30% in total value locked. And, and we're talking into the billions. I think. It's on the, I actually don't have the exact number right now to hand, but I think it's around about the $8 billion worth of locked value in Lido, which is incredible. Uh, Coinbase, uh, their wrapped staked ETH, which is, uh, so CB ETH, which is the second largest um, uh, stake, uh, liquid staked Ethereum token, up 35%. Rocket Pool up 48%. Stakewise up 29%. Frax up 115%. Um, it, it, yeah, if you haven't, if, if you can't tell already, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's being built over on Frax. I think it's very, very interesting. But all of this is, is very positive. I think liquid staking is a very positive and productive kind of use case of DeFi. And it's great to see that continue to grow. It's only going to continue as we see the big Shanghai upgrade go live. Another great kind of piece there is, you know, the Ethereum team actually trialed staking withdrawals on the Ethereum testnet yesterday ahead of the the, the Shanghai update. Um, so I only expect this to continue to grow. Keep an eye on liquid staking. I think that's a big kind of narrative coming. Uh, uh, sorry, a big narrative in play. Some narratives probably to keep a close eye on, which we'll cover in much more detail in the coming couple of, uh, or, or two to three weeks is ZK Sync, zero knowledge proofs and rollups in general. So you may have heard of blockchains like Optimism. Uh, and then also the Arbitrum network is what many people are speculating, <laughs> as it seems like has been speculated every month for the past two years, is that Arbitrum may be launching their own native token soon. Huge amount of activity, huge amount of new projects launching on that space everywhere through from um, options and uh, perps marketplaces, which is where it's kind of been known through to gaming and more. I'm going to probably try and get someone from the team to come on the podcast soon and chat a little bit more about that, uh, as well as maybe someone from the ZK Sync team to, to talk about what they're doing with Zero Knowledge Proofs. Until then, we will be back next week. And hopefully, Austin has shooken off his his fever from all of the excitement that he's been trying to withhold around these green days in our CoinGecko portfolios. <laughs> Until then, we'll see you all soon. Contents of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.